in a world where literature is dominated by dusty, leather-bound books with no pictures. Three men dare to venture to their local comic book shop to approach the counter and utter those three magic words. Make mine paperback. Welcome in and welcome back to Make Mine Paperback, a podcast about comic books and the art and science of preserving human remains by treating them to forestall decomposition known as embalming. With me, as always, my partners in all things art and science, preserved to be admired by future generations, our DC devil, Stephen Shear, and his decomposition is taking place before our very eyes, our Marvel Comics captain, Alex Shear. It's rude. This week, we continue our exploration of that most precious of relationships, the one between the mentor and his mentee. Uh, This week, we have my book on the theme, now a hit show on Amazon Prime Video, uh, Invincible, and we're dealing with issue number three. Uh, The tagline of this issue, girls, acne, homework, supervillains. When you're a teenager, it sure helps to be invincible. (laughs) What happens when your mentor is your father? a super powerful alien from a distant planet, and Earth's mightiest hero? Well, we'll talk about all that and more coming up. But first, Alex, what'd you read this week? I am i don't know if I can, you know, given how I'm just decomposing right in front of everybody. I'm sure my eyes have fallen out. You I know, can whatever. see it happening. Like, right, like right the, before you're very Indiana Jones when they open the arc and everybody's right. face melts. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, no, this week, I, I took it took it easy this week. And I dive back into one of my all-time favorite comics, uh, Killing Joke, which is about Batman, of course. And for those who haven't read it, who haven't uh, seen the animated version of it, it's one of the most incredible kind of one-shot stories, I think, that have ever come out of the DC Universe. It's just, it's very well done. It just kind of shows you how Joker became Joker and kind of how he takes it out on really the rest of everybody else. Like, look, you know, one bad day, one bad decision, and you could be just like me. We're all the same. And I just, it's just such an incredible read. And I love it. Definitely recommend you guys read it. So that was my big extra read this week. Just kind of diving back into that. One of my favorites. Always good to go home to that and read it with a different perspective. So, Stephen, what about you? Well, I actually uh, finished up the graphic novel you lent me, DC versus Marvel Comics. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, for anybody who... That one's an older one, so no spoilers again, but (laughs) uh, that one is... It's an interesting... I mean, they got to uh, somehow figure it out with licensing and that, so they could have DC characters and Marvel Comics in the same kind of graphic novel. And and I really like how the whole theme is like, the, the you know, if you're a DC man or a Marvel man, it's just like, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean... They're two equal universes, but, you know, just separate. So, I don't know. It was an interesting interesting read, and I think it would be interesting if they could somehow do a movie where they could combine DC and Marvel characters, but with licensing rights and, and all that. I just don't see that happening, but, you know, one can always hope. Who doesn't love a good crossover? They made it happen for the graphic novel. Yeah. I think they could probably make it happen for a movie. Well, yeah. when our when our D, when our uh, Disney overlords buy everything, that's when it'll happen. <laughs> that's right. All, ha- all hail the mouse. It's the Disney announcement, guys. Disney since I got bought out by Disney just last week. 
Wait, what got bought out by Disney? I did. Oh, okay. I'm 100% <laughs> owned by Disney. So that means our show is owned by Disney now, too? It does not. It means a third of our show. We've got to give one third of our proceeds to Disney now? Man, that's, that's right. pennies. Yeah, you, well, you're the accountant. You have to tell me what one third of zero is. Okay, let me just crunch the numbers real quick. Still zero. Okay. <laughs> Still zero. Okay. All right. <laughs> Graham, what'd you read this week? This week, I um, dove back into my favorite hero, Green Lantern, um, and uh, I read the uh, storyline from Green Lantern, um, and I'm, I can't think of the name of the storyline now, but it's um, it's the storyline where Hal Jordan um, has to, like, he decides he's going to recreate Coast City, uh, which is hometown. So he's going to recreate Coast City after its destruction, and he's going to use his ring to do that. And for a a brief while, he's successful at recreating an entire city using only his Green Lantern power ring, um, which, of course, inevitably ends in failure. And not only that, but it ends in him, the Guardians, trying to kick him out of the Green Lantern Corps. And it's uh, if you haven't read it, you got to read it because it's it's interesting and intriguing. And it ends up leading to the introduction of Kyle Rayner as the uh, Green Lantern of the 90s. So very cool. There you go. So this week we are talking about Invincible, issue number three. Invincible, of course, the hit show on Amazon Prime Video right now. Um, I, th- I think that show got a lot of people back into this uh, comic, but it's uh, Invincible from Image Comics. And I-, I think Image is probably my favorite um, of the comic houses outside of DC and Marvel. Um, when it comes to these third parties, I think Image does it right. They have a lot of solid titles, that's for sure. Yeah, Image yeah. has always done a really nice job. I, I've always been partial to Dark Horse, but Image does just a phenomenal oh, job. Oh, Dark Horse is a good one, too. Yeah, Dark Horse has always been good. Um, but, I mean, you look at titles like Spawn from Image Comics. I mean, that's just that's just another classic, instant classic that everybody knows. And, yeah, so Image has done a really, really great job. Yeah, and I love all the uh, all the Brian K. Vaughn stuff on there. Um I just, I'm into him, man. Um, hoping for that uh, Saga announcement. <laughs> but <laughs> Invincible number three. Um, again, we hearken uh, back to last week when we talked about the cheat code of trying to get you guys to read issues one and two. My first question, did it work? Did you guys read the first two issues? Oh, yeah. I, I read. I did extra credit. I even read up through 10. Oh, look at wow. Steven over yeah. here. See, I did not do that much extra credit. I uh, I read through one through four, so I did not do as much work as Stephen did. I apologize. But you did a little bit of extra credit, and that's good for you. So one through four. (laughs) So we we have this book. We're talking about mentors and mentees, um, teachers and students, and kind of appropriately, this book starts out with a school assembly because what better way to draw your readers in than to hearken back to the days when you were in high school and got to listen to your principal talk about some nonsense. <laughs> I mean, you, not only that, but the principal saying, hey, FYI, this thing happened. Don't panic. It's all good. Like, well, you're telling not, high schoolers not to panic. Come on now. Not only that, it's like, hey, some, some kids at the high school blew up, but don't worry about it. Just don't travel alone. Or, right. You know? like, <laughs> well, that, at, at this point, we don't know that they blew up. So, like, at this point, we're just like, there's these, there's three kids and they're missing. We don't know where they are, um, but they are definitely missing. And so, yeah, anyway, um, 
just go back to your fourth period class and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I I do want to I do want to talk about a quick tie-in that I really love from the th- from the previous issue, and maybe it's just me knowing these little Easter eggs. Did you notice the Twin Pines Mall was the name of the mall in issue two? Mm-hmm. It's also the same name of the mall as Back to the Future. I don't know. I just <laughs> noticed those little things, and I I know it's a random thing. I just had that on my mind, and I just wanted to share. I love that image. Kind of tied that in, whether it was intentional or not. I thought that was really cool that they kind of. Uh, through I'm that sure little Easter egg in. I'm sure it was too. Somebody has to love Back to the Future over there. It, it was 100% intentional. That's, uh, you know, Kirkman and Walker are the creators of Invincible. And they both, I mean, you read the letters that they write in the back of the books or when they respond to fan letters. And they're, they're nerds like the rest of us. <laughs> so all this stuff is intentional. That's the Twin Pines Mall is 100% intentional. The, uh, the fact that, Mark Grayson's last name is Grayson is 100% <laughs> intentional. That's <laughs> everything in here is, is references to uh, things the creators love. And uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that too, because it, like, you know, it's a lot of like, I mean, some of the characters are based on DC. So it's just kind of fun that they could take those characters and take them in a direction that, you know, DC would never allow it. So I, I like, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's part of it, right? Is they get a little bit more freedom, not being under the banner of DC or Marvel. So they get a little bit more creative freedom to, hey, you don't have to fit in this box. You can instead, you know, just put something in a container. You don't have to fit into a cookie cutter kind of style. Have Mm -hmm. fun with it. So I I, I agree with you. I did notice that, that it's not as cut and dry as some of our Marvel or DC heroes might be. Well, I think that's what makes this story so great. Is, and not that it doesn't happen in Marvel and DC, but I think it especially happens in Image Comics where they go, this is definitely a, this is definitely a superhero story, right? Invincible is 100% a superhero story, but they're not afraid to get a little goofy with it and make fun of the uh, superhero genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's fun. That's, you know, we, we get some of this, like, you know, Mark trying on his new costume in the last issue and like, trying to figure out what works for him and what doesn't work for him and how he hates his costume. Um, and it reminds us a little bit about the, of the, uh, what the Incredibles movie, <laughs> trying on the costumes oh, yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see kind of what life as a superhero is like when we treat the superhero side of it as mundane, right? And it's like the, uh, we see a lot of these comic books that come out and, it's about battles and it's about the, the action sequences. And this one is the, it's almost like the action sequences and stuff are, are secondary. That's, this is really the story about Mark and we want to see how he lives and how he comes to grips with, you know, gaining his powers and really gaining his powers later than it seems like his dad expected him to, Um, which is where we come in from, you know, the last issue, we get a little bit about the backstory of Omni man who's Mark's dad and he's he's an alien from another world, and he's Earth's greatest hero. And uh, he tells Mark that eventually your powers are going to start to come in, and you're going to be, you know, someone who can also be a great hero for Earth. Um, and then we see that happens when Mark is, I, you know, based on the art, I'm going to guess eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Mark is in high school, and it's taken him this long for his powers to manifest. Um, and suddenly he's taken out the trash at his fast food job and he chucks a trash bag, you know, into space, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> frankly, 
a little Elon Musk esque launching trash into space. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, this is a great show. We appreciate you coming out. Where do we go from here? Graham, real quick. That's right. <laughs> so he launches this bag into space and he's like, oh, this is awesome. I got my powers. And uh, so now we start in issue three and he's kind of learning to get used to his powers. He's going out at night and flying around and beating up bad guys. And he's uh, meeting with the, the teen hero force and he's making superhero friends. Um, so I, I just think this issue is a, is a great, you know, Mark not only has gotten his powers, but he's learned to use them super fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, very very quick. It's he's not like once he's got him, you know. It's it's he's very quick on the draw. He's very quick on what he's doing. So yeah, I think that's really cool to kind of see that. But I love, I love the father son relationship he has. That that for me is a big thing. I think, I think we all noticed it was the the dynamic between him and dad. Like it's not. Uh, well, I'm gonna kind of shield you from the world. It's like, oh, you got your powers. Cool, go do things with it. Like he's not trying to protect him. He's like, you have free reign. All right, let's see if you can do what dad does kind of thing. And I, I, I love that. You know, dad's like super encouraging. And to me, that that's pretty cool. I think a lot of us would love dads to be encouraging of different things or whatever. And I don't know, to me, I thought that was a really cool little uh, side piece, you know, where dad's like, oh, hey, we're going to talk about this. Hold on. Be right back. Going to go take care of this or going to go take care of that. I just thought that yeah. was really cool. But kind of on that note, I would say, though, that um, I think he is encouraging. Um, but I also think he doesn't really train his son too much. It kind of seems like Mark gets thrown into it a bit. Mm-hmm. And some of the battles are, are pretty insane. I mean, I, I think one of their first battles is fighting aliens. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think his dad really trained him too much for that one. Said, let's yeah, do it, kid. kid. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it would be like... His first battle that we just toss him in, and his first battle is that scene from the Avengers movie with all these okay. aliens pouring out of the sky. Yeah, and we're just going, yeah, he's got it, he's fine. <laughs> he's, this is the this is the superhero equivalent of I want to teach my son to swim, so I'm going to toss him in the lake. Like, you're either going to swim or you're going to drown, but you know, good for you, son. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know that this strikes me as a proud dad moment because it's, I mean, it's not directly stated in the comic books, but it it's implied. And then it certainly hit, we hit it heavy in the show. Um, but it's certainly implied in the comic books that Mark's dad is pretty cold to him mm-hmm. um, until his powers manifest yes. until he yes. has powers. So that's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where Omni man is the star of this family. He is the guy who's standing center stage in the spotlight, saving the world. And, his wife and kid have to be in awe of him at all times. Um, and I don't know that that strikes me as good father move. Well, right? and, I, and, and I want to be clear. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, good father move. More of a he recognizes what his son has finally and his son recognizes what he has. And it's more of a, uh, all right, cool. You're you're like me. Let's go figure this out. And by we, I mean, you come with me and figure it out and good luck kind of thing. I don't know. I, I, I love that his dad's not shunning him anymore. You know, essentially, he's uh, he's given him the opportunity to go out and figure out what his powers can do. 
Well, it seems like they had a fairly normal relationship until he got the powers, though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like, I mean, his dad was making him work at Burger Mart, normal teenage stuff. Sure. But then it does seem like he did change a lot when his when he did get his power and he did become a little bit more, you know, for some reason he was, I don't know, like, like Graham's saying, he was a little bit more cold towards his son as soon as he got his powers. Well, I, I think that's nice that he's, you know, he's doing this dad thing i, I want to teach you responsibility mm-hmm. so you need to get a job you need to go work at the burger mart and uh you need to you know learn the value of a dollar or <laughs> whatever it is um a bitcoin but, <laughs> that's right you gotta learn the value of a bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> it's and if you figure it out you let me know <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean it's it, so we, we've got dad doing stereotypical dad stuff but also we can see that he's constantly gone, right? That's we, we see the mom talking about it later on about how I'm kind of used to your dad being gone for six months at a time, you know, going to space, going to other dimensions, you know, going to France. And that, I mean, he's just, he's constantly, you know, around the world, around the universe fighting, you know, evil, I guess, <laughs> by fighting supervillains and, I don't know that he's home that much. So it it does feel a little bit like this absentee father is trying to do a sort of remote fathering session by letting Mark's work do the job of teaching him. And again, it's something that at first glance, maybe looks like a, a good father move, but strikes me as not so much. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It's just, it seems to me, at least when I was reading them, it just seemed like something, like he might have been okay until he got his powers. But but certainly once he gets his powers, you start to see the, you know, he's not concerned with his training or anything at that point. He's almost almost like trying to use him like a tool in his battles. Because then he does send him on some pretty dangerous missions. Mm. But I, I do like the, you know, he's coming out and he's going, hey, you're, you're pretty fast, kid. And he's, he does give him a little bit, you know, words of encouragement, that kind of stuff. It does seem like he is proud of the way Mark is learning to use his powers so quickly. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It seems like, I mean, he is he has certainly given Mark a lot of responsibility right away. Yeah. Um, and it almost seems irresponsible of Omni-Man to do that. Um, I do like how... Uh kind of nonchalant everybody is in this comic or on caring they are about various various things you know when when they you know when um mark or when yeah mark's dad just would disappear and, and then they're just happy they get more pork chops or or mark's response to his dad just disappearing is dang it yeah. <laughs> i think that's just interesting is how yeah like he's, you're kind of saying that. i think they're just used to his absence so they always trust that he's going to be able to get out of these tight situations but that's one thing that struck me in this comic was how unconcerned people were with Mark's dad. Yeah, he just disappears. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Hey, mom, he's gone. She's like, cool, more food for us. Like, just so, <laughs> like, I don't know. For me, I, it almost feels suspicious. Like, you know, maybe she's just like, whatever, I don't really care. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I one of you guys, I, I don't know. I kind of see it that way. Like, I feel like even if you guys are like these big awesome superheroes that like are the mightiest people on earth i mean even lois lane was always worried about clark kent like yeah, was always that, worried that's about how Superman. it reads that's mm-hmm. how it reads to me is that she is worried about her husband but she just, she's, she's doing it. this kind of putting on a brave face because it happens so much so that every time it happens she's worried i'm sure i mean it's her husband she's worried that he's he's not going to come back this time but 
when it happens over and over again, you can't fall to pieces every time it happens, right? Mm -hmm. That's every time my husband gets sucked into another dimension, I couldn't fall to pieces. I'd never get anything done. <laughs> well, I think, uh, and I think uh, it's kind of interesting. Chuck mentioned Lois Lane and all that and all the, all the superheroes always have their significant others. And at least in a lot of the comics and movies, they make it seem like it would be pretty easy to be dating a superhero or a super person. But this show, I think, or this comic does kind of make it a little bit more realistic because I do think it would be really, really hard. And like Graham said, I think she is just kind of getting used to it at this point. I don't think it's, you know, any easier or harder. It's just at some point she's realized that she has to raise Mark still. So yeah, I think that yeah. this comic is interesting in, in showing that it probably is not that great being married to a superhero. Right. Well, even that we, we watch, you know, everybody struggling through high school, everybody does in the comic book outside of the comic book, struggling through high school relationships. And to see, to put Mark on top of that, we can say, hey, also, by the way, you're a superhero. And also your dad is the world's greatest superhero. Um, now go try and date girls. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy the way that we have, you know, Mark trying to maintain these relationships and not doing a very good job of it. <laughs> and then we see him telling Adam Eve saying, Oh no, I'm not actually interested in you. <laughs> when he very clearly is like, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, very, very obvious. I, I, I don't know. I yeah. think, I think it's, it's interesting that they, that they do try to live these normal lives as these incredible people, as these superheroes, as these, you know, whatever. So I just think having that dynamic of, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, getting to see them live as normal people and people are just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, what's it like being a superhero? And just like, just chill about it. Like they just expect that they're going to be there, but then they're also just normal people. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's an interesting dynamic and I think it's, this is one of those comics that I was not, I don't want to say not interested in, but it's definitely something that was not in my wheelhouse before. So this was a this is a fun read. I really enjoyed picking this one apart and kind of seeing the different things. I really really loved the playfulness of this one. There was a lot more um banter. You know, subtle, not subtle, whatever. A lot of banter that I just really found enjoyable because it didn't feel forced. I feel like sometimes comic writers will write things to try to force a joke somewhere. And mm -hmm. to me this just didn't didn't have that forced flow that was kind of like you could deliver a one-liner hey you look like you don't belong on this planet like sometimes that's really forced in other comics to this that just felt like he was just like hey you don't belong here like get out of here <laughs> like i don't know so just those little things i picked up on and i thought that was really cool with how they how the writers and artists came up with that to keep it flowing well well i think that's one of the themes at least of, of this issue is you know we we talked about Mark's mom saying more pork chops for us. Um, but we also see Mark going, dang it, dad got sucked into another dimension again. Um, but we see the whole time that's that's kids are missing at school. Kids are blowing up at the mall. That's the uh, dad is coming out here and we're going to test out my powers on patrol. And he keeps zooming off around the world to stop crimes and stuff. Like, there's some really serious stuff going on, but through the midst of it all, it, there, we have this juxtaposition of humor, and it's. I think that's what this book is, at least this issue, but this book as a whole is kind of, the whole theme is the uh, superheroes live with this kind of crazy world-bending stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And so just like, you know, you and I make jokes at work, superheroes make jokes at work too. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do I do like how it brought an element of like you said, it was just kind of making you know, like all the superheroes, like you said, they're still gonna be just people at the end of the day. I mean, when they hang up with their cape at the end of the day, they're gonna be, you know, just like us. So it is funny to see them like making the jokes, like you said, just like anybody else would and and my t- favorite type of humor is when they just have like surreal jokes that are just like, like the dang it, like, you know, that would never really happen in real life, but I don't know. It's just, I like that kind of humor. It's just, it's it, just it is fun. It's fun. Change of pace. Just, you know. So no. only from, oh, only from the first three issues, right? That That's what we read up to. So from the first three issues of Invincible, what do you think? Is Omni-Man a good mentor? I would, I mean, I would say no. I would say he's not the best. I mean, he he does seem proud, but I think he just doesn't really hasn't really put in any, you know, training with Mark or really helped him showed him the ropes of the superhero life too much. It just seems kind of like, you know, Mark's out there doing his thing, and maybe his dad will talk to him afterwards or not. But it just seems like he's not. It just doesn't seem like he's preparing him well on his journey to be a superhero. So I'm trying to say it just doesn't seem like he's interested in Mark's journey at, at all, really. He's just happy he has the power, and he's proud of him, but, I mean, that just seems kind of where it ends. He doesn't seem interested in his growth as a superhero. Well, to add on to that, right, I think I think Steven's spot on is Omni-Man feels much more about himself and look at how great I am. Yeah. Than, he's very into himself. Yeah, he, you know, he's very narcissistic, and, I, you know, I think that there's there's a level of that that kind of disappears once Mark gets his powers and figures out what he is. But I, but I think that, you know, frankly, he's kind of a crap mentor as a general rule because he's not, he doesn't feel like he's really trying to help Mark. He's, he's encouraging like, Hey, all right, cool. Let's go. uh, Let's go take care of these bad guys. Maybe one day, but like he even has these like one liners where he's like, you know, maybe one day you'll be as strong as me. Like he's not encouraging. He's like a, almost challenging like well good luck like you might get there like it's not i don't know i feel like in a in a mentor mentee relationship you want to have a little bit of encouragement like mm-hmm. hey let me help you get get to where i'm at let me bring you to where i'm at so that we can be equal we can be stronger together you know and that's and i feel like we don't really get much of that uh if if i'm if i'm mark i don't feel like i get a lot of that nurturing and mentee um growth and all that being said, that's, you know, I think part of it, we see that Omni-Man is definitely vain, right? He's definitely full of himself. He definitely thinks that he is the greatest hero on Earth. He probably is the greatest hero on Earth. Um, so so we see some of that, some of that vanity coming out, some of that showing off while I zip, zip, zip and solve crimes all while you're still on your way to your first crime. Um, that's... That's some Omni-Man showing off stuff. But I do think part of this toss and mark into the deep end that we talked about earlier is the whole lesson, right? This this is just one lesson from a mentor. And I, and I know I talked about Omni-Man not being a great mentor earlier, but I do think this particular lesson, he does a good job of showing it. And the whole point is, I'm going to throw you into the deep end. We're going to do this stuff. We're going to keep responding to crimes. We're going to see what superhero life is really like. And when we respond to this alien invasion, what's going to happen is there's going to be too many of them. We're going to be overwhelmed. Even though we're way too powerful, 
we're going to be overwhelmed by these aliens. And the big lesson is we keep fighting. Even when it feels like we're drowning, we keep fighting. And if, if we judge just by that lesson alone, I think he does a pretty good job. I mean, we, we see Mark's mentor get torn away into another dimension and we see him say, dang it, <laughs> because he knows it sucks that my dad's in another dimension and, and I'm worried about him. And I know how hard it was for the two of us to fight these guys together. I can't imagine how hard it's going to be for him to fight them alone. But I also know I got to continue on. You know, Somebody's got to do the Omni-Man stuff while Omni-Man's not here. And it's going to be me, Invincible. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. No, and that's, yeah, that's totally fair. And I think that that's the, that's the other side of it is now, now we're going to get the opportunity to kind of see him at least for a little bit, kind of see him grow into what he's going to be. And I, you know, I think that even though Omni-Man didn't really leave him a lot of tools in the toolbox, he's going to figure out how to do with what he has. And I think that'll be a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Have that, have that opportunity to grow into his own. Well, boys, anything else to say about this book? I, I mean, a great read. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading. I mean, more. there's a lot I would say about it, but I'm farther right. ahead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I definitely, I definitely want to read more. Um, I was looking at some of the numbers. There's like almost 200 issues of this run. Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, there's a lot there. So obviously maintained some popularity, at least in the early 2000s. So it's, uh, it's one that I'm definitely looking forward to. And I'm sure that, people will continue to read it and come back to it and with that show. So I'm excited to finish reading a few more issues of this and then turn on the show and kind of see and draw some comparisons. I'm really looking forward to it, but this was a great read, great pick this week. So similar to the boys, um, this is one that it's a book that's had a cult following for a while. Um, and then this Amazon show has really brought people back to the book. Um, and so it's, it's getting even more popular now. And so I'm hoping that, you know, you getting you guys to read it, talking about it a little bit on here, maybe that increases the popularity just a little bit more. It is, it's a book that I really like. And uh, yeah, I think everybody should read it. I think it's an essential read. <laughs> I don't know if it's an essential oh, read. It's essential. Like, if you were lost in the jungle, I don't know if this would help you that much. I would take <laughs> that over survival guide, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> do we, uh, do we give it the uh, make mine paperback official seal of approval? Is that? I, oh, I don't know if we, we have an official seal, seal yet. No, are we, are we doing Oprah's book club here with uh, with <laughs> our uh, with our official Oprah's book club? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> move over, Oprah. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Well, Invincible number three. We uh, seem to have an official seal now, so we've got our Make Mine paperback official seal of approval. I guess. <laughs> just a, it's a, just a picture week. of Graham patent pending right yeah patent, patent pending, pending. Uh, TM uh, LLC that's right LLC yeah you don't know what an LLC is do you? we're registering as a corporation now absolutely right. do it. no our, our, our official seal is registering as a corporation yeah, not just, us just the, just the seal just the little stamp our seal's got employees right it's got an EIN and everything all right <laughs> well, next week we're going to be concluding our uh, our September month theme. Uh, Stephen, what are we reading for next week? 
All right. Well, next week we are going to read Marvel's Black Cat number seven, The Gilded City Conclusion from 2021. And it was written by Jed McKay. All right. We'll be looking forward to that. We'll be looking forward to seeing you again next week. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for talking Invincible with us. I hope you go out and talk about comics with your friends. I hope you learned a little bit about embalming this week. And (laughs) we hope to see you next week. Remember, go to your local comic book shop, walk up to the counter, and go ahead and tell them, make mine paperback. We'll see you next week.